All right, this is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And you're the G. This is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> we are back, and we have a fantastic guest. A guest that I've been trying to get on on the podcast for a while. Crystal Biamontine John. How are you, Crystal? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We're so happy to have you. And it's Monday, and it's raining, and it's horrible. And I fully expected you to say, hey, listen, it's crappy. I don't even feel like driving, but... You came out here, and we're so thankful for, oh, to have you. Yeah. All righty. So uh, you're an actress. You're a playwright. Um, have you directed before? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I definitely would consider myself more of an actor and then a, and that, and then a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only – I've never really – I've only um, helped someone with a story to finish, so I don't really do playwriting as much as mm-hmm. I'd like to – Okay. I'd like to. <laughs> well, I saw on your—I um, don't know if it was Facebook or you, you have a personal—you um, uh, have a personal website, CrystalPiamonte.com, and we'll link have people link that to you because we want to promote you. You know, like you're already doing some fantastic things. You're at the San Francisco Playhouse. Okay. You're doing King of the E's, and we want folks to know. Hey, listen, if you're looking, if you're looking for a great actress, you know, very, you know. Um, just driven, and you know, you do fantastic drama. You and I, we did Aurora. We also did. Um, uh, I'm looking at the poster right now. <laughs> oh, Stories high. high. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So you know, you're a fantastic actress, oh, and so you. you know, we want you to you know to just you know we want to expose you. We want you to you. to um, for everyone to know uh, all, all the great things about you. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, Norman, uh, how is your? As I ask you every Don't hit that joy. Right, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Actually, I guess today, well, midnight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last day. I don't know what the year is as far as the animal. Oh, uh, it is, hmm, I do, because it is my year. Mm-hmm. It is the boar. The boar? It is the pig. All right. I just bought a bunch of um, uh, scratchers. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, and yeah. it's got a cute little pig, a piggy bank pig, and I'm like, that's not really a boar, but whatever. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go with it. And it's yeah. a huge one. Um, for me, because I am going to be 60 this year, so that's oh, a big that's number in Chinese. Wow. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Astrology or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, the reason I bought the scratchers is because today is Derek Sturge's birthday, my son's birthday. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. So I, that makes I give him, I've been giving him scratchers. Yeah. And when he was young, mm-hmm. you know, he, oh, this is so exciting at this point. He's almost mad about the whole thing. I'm like, dude, we're going to do it a couple more times, and then you're graduating. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's Aquarian. I believe he's Aquarian. I guess. I, yeah. I had to look it up because of the lunar calendar. It's mm-hmm. actually different. The year he was born, the new year started on the 11th. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. So he's the tail end of, of um, the snake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, that is what's confusing about the Chinese calendar. It's like you're born in a certain year, but then because it starts later mm-hmm. than the regular calendar, you're like, oh, I guess I'm not that. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't go by year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So I think of the rooster, but I have to, I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of current events. Um, I had some stuff written, and we had to uh, forget what happened, why we couldn't. Um, but oh, no, been I, my weekend got crazy. That's okay. You've you been busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, every day, Alice goes into tech next That's week. right. How's that going? How's the rehearsal process been? It's been going pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it's, we've got a big, not a big cast, but we got... 
getting everybody in the same room yeah. has been tricky. So we'll go to do a scene, mm-hmm. and there'll be one actor standing there looking at everybody like, what am I supposed to do? And we're like, oh, that's right. We invisibly acted <laughs> with you. The other Is it scheduling things? Because you know, that, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah it's a um, wonderfully talented cast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I've got things that I'm not sure I can talk about. Well, one I can talk about, mm-hmm. Richard Talavera. We're going to do a reading right. of a new script he's written called Die Tier, I believe it is. Okay. It's in German. It's, um, is it D or Dare? Dare, uh, I'm sure it's, yeah, it's Das, Dare, D. Right. Maybe D, yeah. It's the animals. Okay. And, and what it is really is um, the uh, town musicians of Bremen. Hmm. So... I'm glad to see Talavera's uh, back. He's, he's back in action. Well, I was supposed to be doing a different play, mm-hmm. and the playwright and the other person kind of went, can we can we have some more time? Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, yeah, Richard, what happened with that play you were doing? Yeah. So, yeah, he said yes. And yeah. so Where at? Uh, I'll be at the Brooklyn Preserve. All right. Uh, where I did right on. Fallon Blazer. Oh, yeah, that, and we, had, we had her. You weren't here, but I interviewed her. Oh, yeah. shoot. I'm sorry I missed it. No, no, no. That's fantastic. But yeah, the that's fantastic. The month, I'll be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another exciting announcement that I'll probably be yeah. able to say yes. <laughs> you know, talk say all it, about say it. it. I said yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I got cast. It's all wonderful. Good. But I'm just waiting for them to confirm that that's mm-hmm. what's happening. In cool. Room. Yeah, let's, let's not spoil it. Yeah, until I get that. <laughs> I will say it's not a fella. Well, hey, really sucks, sucks for them, and, and we've all been there before. So, mm-hmm. um, I have only a couple of us current events. We were talking about it just before we turned the mics on. Twenty One Savage, that's the uh, the rapper. Atlanta rapper right. who was picked up by ICE, not because of anything that he did, uh, drug wise or anything like that. You, you would think that you know some some of the other travels to customs. He traveled through customs and he made the mistake. Of being brought here to America uh, when he was 12, 13 years old. His visa was overstayed. It's not a problem of his own because he was 13 when it happened. And he had a Muslim, he has a Muslim name. And that's the only thing that he did wrong. Um, welcome to the world of Trump. It's, it's absolutely a horrible. Yeah. Let's um, not miss the polar, whatever they're calling it, the vortex? polar vortex. Yeah. Oh, the polar vortex. Is that what, climate change thing or just mm-hmm. a, yeah. Um, it, Got down to like minus fifty. In the middle well, I think of the seven people have died. Yeah. Like a couple of people have died in Chicago, um, New York. It's 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 gotten. It reminds me of the movie Day After Tomorrow. That was a um, mm. oh shoot, I forget the uh, the name of the actor who was in it. But basically, it talked about it was like done twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Emily Rossum was in it. Uh, Dennis Quaid was the main actor about. This dystopian future where New York just basically froze over and there was another ice age. And oh. a lot of people were like, oh, that can't have really happened. But it's becoming very, very, it's, it's scaringly right. close to reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that's going on. Um, Jesse Smollett, I wanted to talk about that. Do you know, uh, this oh. is the actor, yeah. Empire, the Empire actor, yeah. who in Chicago uh, was... I want to say allegedly because there's some people have problems with his story, right. but he was found with a noose around his neck, yes. and he uh, claims to have been beaten up, beaten, right. um, and it's a hate crime because he's black and he's gay, right. and um, it's, it's horrible. I mean, um, 
it's amazing how in the age of Trump, we people are just popping out and just doing all sorts of things that I don't think they would have ever done mm-hmm. prior to, you know, it's like this is if Trump gives people the permission right. to act out their, their well, hatred or whatever. It's not just him, it's also social media. Yeah. Right? And that's, social media has finally hit that awkward teen age where it's like full of acne all of a sudden. It's mm-hmm. just, because that's yeah, what the yeah. problem is. He says his story was consistent, yeah. but social media blew it up to say it was guys in hats. Right. He's like, no, he said they were guys saying things. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's very similar to, remember the last podcast we had, the kids in Washington, um, and there were stories that, you know, that they instigated mm-hmm. the, um, the Native American, right. and no one even mentioned, you know, the black Muslims and all that. Right. There was a lot of misinformation going on. Yeah. Crystal, what do you think about what's what's happening in the age of Trump? Ugh. What? Oh, God, so much. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you're absolutely right. I think his administration has given permission bec- to for people to come out of their racist closets and and be open with it. Like I, you know, I. It's hard. It's hard, and it's you know it's leaking into liberal progressive cities like San Francisco, where mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's it's culturally diverse. But now, like you're starting to see people come out of the woodwork and and be be their real selves, and which you know. Um, a lot of people find hard to believe, like, how can people live in diversity? How can people have diverse yeah. friends? And mm-hmm. even though they're racist, I'm like, well, it happens. Like, right. you know, like, they can. They can date people who That's they're the racist against. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because the other one is the Virginia governor thing. Oh, and that's right. And the lieutenant governor. Did you hear about this? Yeah. So, so, the, so the, uh, and it's amazing how the past, this is another feature of social media, where now people, you know, your information is now online. Mm-hmm. And people can find out all sorts of interesting things about your past. Mm-hmm. Um, so the governor was found to, I guess, in 1985, appear in blackface. Because mm-hmm. it was fun. He said, no, 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 I'm just being Michael Jackson. Said that wasn't him. Yeah. But he had done it to pretend to be Michael Jackson. Like, yeah. Why are you confessing to this? Why are you going to deny? That's not me in blackface. I did blackface another time. Oh, oh God. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And now the lieutenant governor has been accused of raping someone Yeah. in the past. Well, and that's, I, so I did read a little about that because mm-hmm. um, somebody had posted. Oh, I was reading the story. Yeah. And it said, she had sent a message to a friend. Mm-hmm. The friend said, can I post this? She apparently said yes. Mm-hmm. So the post is, wow. Is it explicit? Well, it's not explicit. It's just clearly him that mm-hmm. she's talking about. She mm-hmm. says, you know that feeling you get? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you got um, attacked at the DNC in 2008. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. And... This is an ancient history. And then this guy who was a staffer yeah. gets elected, and now it looks like he's even going to get another promotion, it says. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. I do wonder about the timing. I mean, the Me Too movement, is I think, I think is important because people do need to be outed. I do wonder about the timing. Well, I'm, let me wait until he becomes, you know, this or that. And I just wonder about that. Well, but that was the thing in the, in the tweet or, or yeah. post that, um, that was really clear. She was saying this is something like um, Dr. Ford that she had tried to put behind her. Yeah. And suddenly this guy's getting national attention. You're like, oh, God, there it is. Okay. 
And again, you try to let it go, and then it just keeps getting in your face. And yeah, so she just, to a friend, just kind of commented. But she didn't comment to a friend. She commented in social media. So, mm. boom. Yeah. Now, Crystal, you are, you're a millennial. Um, <laughs> of course, you're female. The Me Too movement, I mean, how does it hit you? Because, you know, I've asked older women, and they're like, yes, it's finally time. I've, been, I've had to deal with this so much throughout my life. And I've gotten mixed signals from millennials. I mean, how do you feel about the Me Too movement, and uh, how does it hit, sort of hit you? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's time. Yeah. It's time to really call out the double standard in society of how women are treated and yeah. how they're they're taking advantage of um, in every everyday life. And you know, like it's I understand that there's a lot of gray area, um, and that some people have their issues with it. But it's really a time for people to just listen, you know. Yeah. It's it's time for them to just listen to to what people have gone through, um, you know, survivors of of assault and and you know and other trauma. It's 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 hard for them to talk about it. So yeah. I, I completely understand why it takes so long for people to to say something. And, you know, and, and, and I get it that, you know, sometimes the timing looks wrong, like, oh, you know, they're only doing it just to, like, sabotage him. I'm like, well, I mean, one, do you really want somebody like that right. in, in the public eye? And two, it's, it's just, you know, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, now they have this movement that helps empower them to finally tell their story. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, maybe if they had in the past, people said, oh, you know, don't do anything about it. Right, yeah, like yeah, they just right. kind of shush them, and you know, and then look at it. The, look at it now. Like just now that they are telling your story, people are like, oh, you know, this is why you're doing it, and it's like, no, like right. I'm telling my truth. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's more acceptable. I mean, I think yeah. sure there are people who poo poo it, but I think there are a lot more people who are like, oh yes, we need to know. Terry, and I think about Terry Crews. It's kind of both. Yeah. Remember Terry Crews, the uh, the muscle bound actor, who was uh, he said he was sexually assaulted. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, that was uh, recently on the news. I think Kevin Hart said, "No, that's impossible. You're too big, too strong. You couldn't have been." And Crews was like, "Are you are you out of your mind? You know, of course. You know, he I think he threatened to kind of do something to to Hart. So it you know this whole being appropriate to people." It, it crosses all boundaries well, and, and all sexes. We're also running into what was considered okay or something that we all just sort of ignore, mm-hmm. and now we're in a new era, and how do you deal with it? Because, you know, like I have mixed feelings about the, the Virginia thing, governor, in mm-hmm. the first place. In the first place, yikes, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around that. But it was a long time ago. He hasn't been that person overtly for a long time. Yeah. Now, if folks want to come out of the woodwork and start saying, oh, yeah, he's been this way. This is the way he's always been. Great. But that means that this whole time nobody's been saying anything. Yeah. And that was and that, my that's personal response story, yeah. was I, I will bet that either he has turned over a new leaf a long time ago and has become this new person, and this is just a really embarrassing thing, mm-hmm. which is going to take him down. <laughs> Yeah. There's no question of that. Are you talking about the governor or the, the lieutenant governor. governor? Yeah. But, um, but I'll, I'll get to Luke, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, okay, so that's possible. But I think what's more likely is mm-hmm. it's just been a good old boy network for yeah. all this time. Yeah. And everybody's just looking. Because remember, we're not talking about, and that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to say, well, you know, it's the Democrats. I'm like, 
It's the Southern Democrats. They're the, they're the original people on the other side. That's right, the antebellum That's the South. That's yeah. who they are. That's the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So don't get don't and they hold on to that heritage proudly. In fact, yes, they do. The first time I knew about this lieutenant governor mm-hmm. was seeing a picture of him when he sat out for Martin Luther King's birthday because oh. they celebrate Robert E. Lee's birthday. Yeah, and he yeah, said, and he yeah. stepped off of the dais. Yeah. Just sat in a chair while they had the yeah. celebration. I can rant on and on and on about the, the South and the antebellum Southerners and those who still hold on Robert Byrd. Remember him? He was Ooh, the governor of West Virginia who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan when he was younger because, and he, you know, his words, I needed to do this to get elected. Mm-hmm. I needed to do this to, you know, gain support from the people. And of course, in his late age, he was like, hey, I didn't mean to do it. I'm really sorry and right. all that sort of stuff. But well, so with the lieutenant governor in this, mm-hmm. in this, the way his denial mm-hmm. was not a denial, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if he denied, oh, I'm boring you, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> if he had denied it, it truly would have been a he said, she said. Yeah. Then it's his word against her. But she didn't come out to put this in the public, so mm-hmm. that's one thing. And what she says, he's not refuting. Mm-hmm. He's not saying, no, I wasn't there. We didn't have connection. He's just saying, oh, that's not true. Well, it's not true that you were at the DNC. I'm pretty sure you, if you were a staff yeah. I'm pretty sure that's pretty. So you were there. Mm-hmm. She was there. Yeah. Y'all didn't do nothing? Or, it, admit it. Yeah. Freaking yeah, exactly. admit it. And then if you want to have a disagreement about what happened, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But if you're not admitting it, then I kind of think something happened. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Virginia. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> so, um, let, let's talk about to Crystal here, Mountie John, uh, actress, playwright. I have uh, your uh, thing here. I didn't realize that you studied at Sacramento State. I did, yeah. That's uh, my alma mater. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So tell us a origin story. Uh, you know, when did you begin theater? You know, uh, did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Uh, well, I was born and raised in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm actually from the Bay, but um, eventually I moved up to Sacramento with my mother um, for when I was in high school, so that's how I ended up there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I got involved with the Filipino community up there, and I, so, so my origin story, I actually just relayed this in, in another interview. I won an, a scholarship, or an award actually, um, in eighth grade, and one of the board members of that organization was like, oh, you sing? You should join this Filipino mm-hmm. kind of a singing dance troupe, and you know they do this show every year. I'm like, okay, sure. And, and so I joined it, and it was like this big theatrical review of three numbers. Um, they, do the, they did it every December, mm-hmm. and ever since I did that, I was, what, 14 in 2001, and it yeah, the theater bug hit me. And, right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been t- do I do you have siblings? Years. Siblings? Do you have siblings? I have one older brother, yeah. Okay. Is he also involved in theater? Or? He's not. Um, he's a huge supporter, thankfully. Okay. Um, but he's more of a visual artist. He's an illustrator, graphic designer. Mm. Nice. Very, yeah. very nice. So, um, you know, there are a lot of folks, we've had a lot of folks talk about, you know, when they were young, they did it. And then they may have done other things. But it sounded like... When you did this, this was something that you just grabbed. You just grabbed onto. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I like embraced it fully. Um, you know, like before, like before I joined, uh, it was called. Uh, it's called the Sinacala Theater, uh, Filipino Theater and Performing Arts Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, you know, I did 
I used to like dance with friends at talent shows, sing, you know, at home or sing for family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it wasn't something like I was like, well, I'm going to consider this as a career. It's just something that's going to be fun on the side. And then I got involved with them and I got, you know, I just got so, so like, uh, captivated by the world of theater and, yeah. and how it affected people and being able to tell your stories um, in that way. So, yeah, like you said, I just grabbed a hold of it. And the you know, next thing I knew, like, by the time college was coming around, my mom was like, so what are, what are you going to major in? And I'm like, theater. And she's like, um, <laughs> are you <Yeah>. sure? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And, and I gave in. I gave in. And I said, okay, fine. I'll major in journalism, and then theater will be my, my minor, just mm-hmm. so that I can have that. And then one semester in, I, t- I had to take one theater class as a prereq for the theater program, and at the end of the semester, I said, sorry, Mom, I'm switching. <laughs> but she and sounds like she was receptive to it. She was, yeah. It took her a while, because, you know, um, especially for immigrant parents and, and Asian parents, like, it, it's hard for them to see their kids do something that they think will, they'll struggle in. Sure. And, and that's just her worries. She doesn't, she doesn't want me to struggle. She doesn't want me to, you know, face obstacles um, being here. And I'm like, you know, Mom, I get it. I totally get it. And, but, but she sees my hustle, and she respects it. And she's like, okay, you're doing fine. You're, I know you're struggling in some ways, but overall, like, you got a good grip on what you're doing, and this is what makes you happy. I'm not going to complain. Awesome. That's fantastic. I'm always interested in what technique people learn from school. Norman and I have a little debate. You know, there are folks who get involved in theater and they don't have any technique at all and they just have the natural talent. There's some folks who really do learn technique. Um, mm-hmm. What sort of techniques did you learn? Did you learn about beats and objectives, and did you learn Stanislavski, yeah. that sort of stuff? Um, well, in, in the Sac State Theater Program, we didn't really have anything. We didn't have anything like Alexander Technique or you know Stanislavski mm-hmm. or anything like that because it's it's just a it's a state university, so it wasn't extensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, they basically just taught us just you know script analysis, find your objectives. What are your given circumstances? You know, what is the subtext behind every line that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, like, in a way, my technique is just learning how to be a human being. Yeah. Because that's the only way to relate to a lot of these characters that I, that I played is to just go back into my own life or think about things that I know my friends have been through and how to apply yeah. those uh, their, you know, like their experiences to what the character is going through. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you had a lot of just natural, I mean, unlike when we did Aurora, there's a lot of emotion in Aurora. Mm-hmm. And there's some folks who can connect to those emotions. And there's some folks who can't. There's some folks who they know what, they, what it entails, mm-hmm. the emotion that it entails, but they just don't naturally have it because they can't make the connection for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it, it never occurred to me that you had any of those problems at all. So I think they're just some natural uh, things that you have. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you left school, did you come back here or did you travel? I did, yeah. Um, well, I had a year of, okay, what do I do? Um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things like, okay, do I go to New York? Do I go to L.A.? Do I stay home and try to be local? Um, and so I ended up getting uh, a theater like an administration job at SHN, mm-hmm. and Very that's, what, nice. that's oh. what brought me back to the Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, st- I worked in customer service and ticketing and um, for three, almost four years there, mm-hmm. and then you know, just to kind of like 
find a, a network in the more professional field. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, eventually I said, what am I doing, you know? Like, I went to school as to perform, not to do the back work, even though, like, I, I totally love it and respect it. Um, but, yeah, I was like, okay, I think it's my time to finally just, like, do the hustle, pound the pavement, and get into the audition room again. And mm-hmm. so in 2016, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Really, it's 2016, but I thought it was earlier. When did we do? Um, we d- story yeah. Time? So I, uh, Stories High was probably 2012 or 13. Yeah, I think so, 13. Yeah. So when I was working at SHN, I would only do like really small things, mm-hmm. just because I, it, right. it's hard time to commitment, yeah. time commitment. It's hard, especially if I wanted to do something at Magic or ACT. Like I couldn't do that at the same time as mm-hmm. a nine to, regular nine to five sure. office job because you know they rehearse during the day. <laughs> So I would start with, I, I felt like, okay, to kind of find my way in the theater scene here in the Bay Area, like, let me do the small things like Bindle Stiff, and mm-hmm. um, I was living in San Mateo uh, for a couple of, for a year, so I worked with um, the 06 Ensemble that Jeffrey Lowe was a part of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, just, you know, and, you know, s- small stage readings here and there, and, mm-hmm. but finally, yeah, in 2016, that's when I said, I got to do this professionally. Yeah. And the only way to do it is to just kind of let go of the office job and and move forward. Yeah. yeah. Now, professionally, does that mean that you're equity? Not yet. I am EMC right now, which is the equity membership candidate. Right on. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely moving up. I had a question for you, Norman. Um, as a director, you dealt with actors who have just come straight out of school and they did, you know, they, they act, 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 act. Mm-hmm. And then you've had those who have had some life experiences mm-hmm. and they've done other things and then they've jumped into acting. Have you found there's an advantage or disadvantage for those? Or have you had issues? No, not in that term because there's so many other elements to mm-hmm. everybody's journey. Sure. Excuse me. That, that person who comes out of college just focused and ready to jump in and do they can be fantastic. The one who comes out of college like they're not really ready to be out of school. They're waiting for you to tell them what to do. Mm. You know, it's like, eh, okay. I mean, you know, I, you know, you t- you work with what you get. Sure. But you know, on the other end of the spectrum, those experienced people, like there's an actor that we actually know that um, I. I don't recommend him for anything anymore because mm-hmm. he comes in with this attitude like, oh, yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, I know what we're doing. We're going to do this. And I'm oh. like, dude, you don't know what this is. You, and it's funny because I work a lot with new material. And, you know, in fact, um, Octavio Solis, mm-hmm. local player, was a local playwright. He's up in Portland. Now he's up near Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a show. He's did a show, Ashlyn's been doing some of his stuff, so mm-hmm. he's, he's up there and um, he's going to be in this season. Uh, the show's called Mother Road, and I had to get in touch with him and go, well, I didn't have to, but I was like, I know you, dude. Can I get a copy of the script? So I get the script and I start reading it, and I'm like, um, what's going on here? Well, I better keep reading. So I just, and I've learned to do that with scripts. Just keep reading, because after a while you start realizing hey, this weird little element keeps coming back in. What is that doing? And it may not be obvious on the page, Mm -hmm. but because you're open to letting it be, you're not trying to fix it or make it something else. Mm -hmm. You just sort of learn to let it be, and after a while it gels, or or you get a decent explanation. I wrote back and I said, you didn't write a musical, right? This is, is this like a Greek chorus kind of thing? And he's like, absolutely, it's a Greek chorus. And I was like, and when I wrote him, I said, 
is it that because that's how I plan on teaching it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, okay, good. So I don't sound like a total idiot. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you're absolutely right, the back and forth. You need that because they're extremes. They're folks yeah. who are like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Right. And I fell into that when I came out of school. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, the director is the teacher. Right. Just like the professor that I had at school. Mm-hmm. And it's not that way at all. And then there are those who are like, I know everything. And yeah. you can't have those extremes. And what, I've, you, learned, yeah. what I've learned as a director is often – it's as exciting for me as a director now as it used to be for me as an actor to mm-hmm. walk into a project where I'm like, I'm not really sure how we're going to make this work mm-hmm. um, because you don't have to do the whole job by yourself. Yeah. Other people start to connect. You start to – somebody figures something out that you didn't figure out or, or vice versa. You go, oh, no, that was really obvious. Yeah, and all that person needs is that confirmation, and then it all comes together. Yeah. And it's the same for the director. I know that there are certain things that I need to make happen, and then there are other pieces I'm not sure how to, but somebody tries something, or I just see how an actor's reading or mm-hmm. working with the character, and I go, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make this happen this yeah. time. I have a question for you, Crystal. Have you had to make a transition? I think all, all folks who you know come from school do. I know I had to. The transition between the relationship with the director, where the director is not the... I don't know, the teacher or whatever, but like I, I know that as I've gotten older, I stopped focusing on, okay, I want to audition because they're auditioning me. I've got to want to get the job, but now I can sort of audition the, the show or the script to say, well, let me see if I want to do it mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Have you had to, in your mind, make that transition? I don't know if my question is a little abstract or not. Um, let me see if I understand it. So... I think basically, are you asking, like, am I at a point where I can actually say no to a, a script if I don't feel like I... Well, like, I, yeah, sort of like that. It. Like, when I was younger, I was like, I'm so hungry, I'll take anything. Mm-hmm. I want the pat on the head. <laughs> Whereas now, I'm more likely to say, no, I don't think this really fits me, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I want to be, you know, right. play five actors. We had Cynthia Lagozinski uh-huh. on, she was our last guest, um, a great female uh, actress. And she was offered a role, several roles, where basically she had to play like five different uh, characters. And she was like, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time with this. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. You don't see what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think when you first get out of school or if you're first entering a certain theater scene in a different city, like you're hungry, you just want to work with as many people as possible sure. just to get your name out there. Um, and I think that was definitely me. Um in my first year coming, you know, really immersing myself into the Bay Area theater scene. And now I'm at a point where, you know, I know enough people that I can talk to to my network and go, hey, you know, what was it like working with this person? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or um, have you done, like, if it's not a new, if it's not new material, like, what do you, you know, mm-hmm. what, do, what do you think about this show? Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think, yeah, at a point, you've got to start doing things for yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just not going to be happy. Yeah. You're, you know, uh, and I get it that the struggle is real, and sometimes, you know, some things are just done for the paycheck or, mm-hmm. you know, just to do something because you're, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I don't have anything, um, so, right. you know, so let's just grab onto something. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely... You know, like, I don't want, I don't want to portray characters that I don't connect to. Sure. Or portray characters that I feel like are demeaning. Are demeaning, yeah. Sure. Or, you know, are just gonna represent people, you know, not not even just ethnically, but like 
uh, it just in any in any way just something a, a character that doesn't do any service to the story. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I remember I had a professor tell me, "Listen, you know, don't don't just grab at anything, you know, especially as a black as a minority as a black man. You know, someone may ask you to, you know, be the butler, right? Mm-hmm. Be this, be that, and." Sure, if you're young and you just need to get on stage to get something on your resume or, or you know, you can do that. But there's a time where you have to say, listen, I have to respect myself. Mm-hmm. And if the director doesn't respect me or sees me only as this, right. or I see myself as that, mm-hmm. I can say no. Have you had to run into that where you've had, I don't know, directors misuse you? Or have you had, what are some bad experiences have you had in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to mention names at all. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, I've definitely worked with directors that have had huge ego trips, um, who weren't listening to how their actors felt, um, in terms of, like, their comfort level of, of doing certain scenes. Um, I've definitely had directors who were just absolutely demeaning Mm -hmm. and would just be so condescending to you, and you're like, dude, like, just chill out, just say it in a nice way, because, yeah. like, kind of like the first time you're talking to us about anything anyway, so, yeah. like, why do you have to be so neurotic? Um, right. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, uh, and luckily, I've only worked with one director that was just, like, on my no list. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, that's good. We had uh, Radhika Rao on. I don't know if you know her. She is a Indian American mm-hmm. actress mm-hmm. and director. She's really, really good. She's been, uh, you know, she's done a lot of stuff. And she talked about an incident where there was a director who wanted to do, do a provocative scene, and there was no one to check in on her as to, hey, how are you feeling? Are you okay or whatever? And it lasted for a long time, and she really felt. Um, I forget what the word is, manipulated, um, mm-hmm. taken advantage of as a woman. Absolutely. Um, and, so, and there were a bunch of men around. Have you had to go through that at all? Luckily, no. Not yeah. in a show. Um, at, at auditions, I think there definitely needs to be a little bit more um, openness and transparency about like what's okay to do in, a, mm-hmm. in an audition or not. Um, I remember in college, uh, we were auditioning for Bat Boy the Musical, and ah. you know, I posted there, right? Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. boy, it's my show. Um, yeah, I, I was auditioning for Shelly, and obviously she, you know, there's a kiss scene, there's a whole weird sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so at the callback, you know, there was a side where I guess the two characters kiss, and and I was like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it today. You know, like, I don't think we should do that because, you know. Right. We don't really know each other. And, and I did do the scene, I did do the callback scene with a friend, but he was sick. And so I expected him to, like, not do it, but he did. Oh. And I was like, dude, I just got over being sick, mm-hmm. and I was not prepared. Like, no one else has been kissing, and you kind of wow. just, like, went for it. And yeah. I'm like, dude, like, this is not so, This is not a choice to make. Yeah. You know, like, is that a red flag, Norman? I would love to see theater, you know, get out of these archaic mindsets of, of how you cast a show. It's just... What used to be appropriate is no longer appropriate. Yeah. They, just mm-hmm. to, they just need to move. Yeah, yeah I would think that a director, because it's amazing how much power a director has, especially for young actors. It's okay for a young actor to say, hey, listen, you may be the director and I may be eager, but there's certain things that I don't, I'm not comfortable doing. There's so many directors right. who are like, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. Right. You, you can have a power trip where it's like, wow, people right. are doing everything that I want them to do. And... 
and you're not and you're not providing an environment, a safe environment for right. that to happen. Right. You know, I remember with our rehearsals at one point saying, "So, you know, you're going to come over and is it okay if I touch you?" Yeah. Boom. You know, to ask for that permission, get the permission, model that for the other actor, so yes. that you don't just jump into the scene and start getting up on somebody or grabbing somebody. Yeah. You kind of check in a little bit, and after a while, you start realizing mm, this person's a little uncomfortable. So I'm not going to go further than this, or this person's totally like ready for this. Let's go. But by checking in, you mm-hmm. create that safety. Yeah. So that the both actors can then step because see, these are characters. Yeah. You need to be able to step away from them, and you know. And I love whenever somebody talks to me about a character, and I'm like, that's really funny to me because I that character is in the dressing room hanging on a hanger. As far as I'm concerned, I'm. That person is not me. I'm not that person. Yeah. I remember when I did statements and me and my actors were naked. We had to do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Tell me if I'm doing anything wrong or whatever. Let's really build the report because it reads on stage. Oh, yeah, and I've had the opposite. When I did one in the shade and we did not have the connection, yet we faked it. Mm-hmm. But people knew. So let's talk about King of the East. <laughs> have you had fun doing it? You guys have been running, I think, since January 22nd. Yes, that's, uh, we started previews on the 22nd, officially opened on the 26th. All right. And uh, how's it been? Yeah, I'm sure you'll tell us what it's all about and all that sort of stuff. But first of all, San Francisco, I mean, this SF Playhouse is just fantastic. I mean, yes. congratulations for that. Yeah. How's it been? It's been, it's been wild. <laughs> it's, it's really a wild ride of a show. It's it's so charming and hilarious, and mm-hmm. but it's got these moments that are absolutely touching and mm-hmm. and moving. Um, and it's been great because it's uh, the a King of the East is a very San Francisco story. Mm-hmm. So to bring it, this is its homecoming. It's mm-hmm. been done four or five times um, in other places, but it's never come home. Mm-hmm. So to finally have it here. Um, it's just, it's been great because people are responding to so much of the material, okay. you know, and it was, it was stuff that we were like, oh, is anyone even going to like notice this one? And we're like, wow, people are actually like very reactive. What, what, what's the plot, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, it's about, um, a father and daughter and, uh, it's about, so it's kind of like a meta theatrical play. Uh, Lauren Yee, the, the actual playwright wrote this story, um, about her and her father, mm-hmm. and some of it's true, some of it's not, and basically it, it's a, a story about her finding a connection to Chinatown and the way that her father sees Chinatown, and also finding a, a, a new connection to her father, whom she never, whom she thought she knew but didn't really know. Interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, and you had b- good audiences? Very good audiences, yeah. they Yeah, like I said, they've been, you know, very responsive to to everything. Um, one person in our show who's originated the role, Francis Jew, mm-hmm. he, yeah, yeah, he, um, he's, even he's kind of, like, taken back by the audiences because, you know, doing the show in other places, not not many people got certain inside jokes about San Francisco or, you know, or some of the plot lines, and so to hear people react, he's, he's been taking a step back, like, oh, okay, I gotta give room for that now, and mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really wonderful to see. Now, that's fantastic. Um, and we'll talk more about King of the Yees, and we invite anyone, you know, to still, you know, still running. It'll be running until, I believe, March the 2nd. Yes, yes. March the 2nd. Mm-hmm. I mean, curious about networking. We, You know, when we bring people on, usually people who listen 
are like, hey, I need to get advice on this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. And being a young actress, I've been very impressed with how you've been able to network and just be involved in so many theater companies. How did you, how were you able to network? Um, <laughs> I, know, I know this is a broad question, but have you just had a lot of friends or whatever? Like, what did you do immediately when you got out of college? Did you just jump into onto the Internet? How did you get, get involved in Bendelstiff? Uh, stiff has, has been a company I've known about since I was a kid um, because they've been around for so long. And, yeah. um, you know, it was something my brother, when he realized I was getting into theater, was like, well, when you come back to the Bay, get involved with these folks, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, uh, so I... I got involved because I had, you know, I had friends that were, like, Conrad Panganiban, mm-hmm. who was involved at the time when I moved back to the Bay. So, through him, I got re-involved, you know, I got involved with Bindle Stiff. And then from there, just, you know, you, you become friends with people, mm-hmm. and, and then they recommend you for other things, oh, and then cool. you get to know people. So, it's, it's, it's always a trickle effect. That's how my networking happened. It's just yeah. meeting one person who takes a liking to you, and then they recommend you for something else, and then that person mm-hmm. does the same thing. And yeah. So that's been, yeah. And of course, if you're a good actress, then you, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> people start calling you or texting you and all that sort of stuff. So that's fantastic. Are there any roles that you would like to do? Are there any houses that you would like to be in uh, that you haven't? Yeah, I mean, in the Bay Area, I definitely want to do something on the Berkeley Rep stage um, and ACT and Magic. And, you know, hopefully one day I'll be able to be on those stages um, uh-huh. nationally. Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, you know, there's some folks, I know I know some folks who have left, James Iglehart, who, who mm-hmm. directed yes. Bad Boy the Musical at um, Ray of Light Theater. Mm-hmm. Not like Ray of Light, you'd be perfect for Ray of Light. I don't know if you've, uh, been, if you've done Ray of Light yet. I haven't done Ray of Light yet. I would, I would love to work with them one day. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. I believe Justin Sandoyan is the director there. Mm-hmm. But in any case, James Iglehart, he was involved in Bay Area Theater, and now he's, you know, boom. Tony Award winner, and he's done all sorts of math things. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah, yeah. So it's definitely possible. Are you looking to, you know, I don't know, go to Broadway or whatever or whatever? Um, you know, it, it's it's funny because everyone that that's a question a lot of people ask. You know, actors, is, so what do you want to do? Do you want to go to New York? Do you want to go to L.A., Seattle, maybe yeah. Chicago, or maybe um, film? Yeah, and yeah, I do dabble in film too. So it's just it's one of those things where I'm like, it's the artist life. I'm letting the winds of faith take me wherever yeah, I need I to go, you yeah. know, and, you know, there was one point where I thought LA is definitely it, and then something happened where I was like, no, New York is definitely it, <laughs> so it's, it's just one of those things that, especially because, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm slowly starting to, like, get into everything and getting my name out there, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to have a definite plan because I feel like something's going to happen that shifts Yeah, you don't want to lock yourself down. Yeah. I totally understand that. But there's not an issue where you're comfortable on stage where you, you know, there's certain actors who are not comfortable on the camera mm-hmm. or they're not comfortable on stage, mm-hmm. but it sounds like either way is fine for you. Yeah, you know, it, and it took me a while to figure out, like, mm-hmm. how to do film. Um, I got into it by just doing background work because... I felt that was the easiest way for me to understand the film world and how the set language and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and, you know, and I've also, like, talked to friends who dabbled in both before I started getting into it that told me, like, okay, there are some things, you know, that are very different. Like, don't act out, act in. Right. And I'm like, oh. oh yep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I, so. I remember the first time I got in front of a camera, and I guess uh, I, because I'm a very physical actor, and I remember the director was like, put your eyes right there. And I was like right there. Of course, mm-hmm. people on camera.
camera. I mean, right. people who listen can't see. Yeah. It was like just a centimeter away. And it's like, no, 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 here, here. Mm-hmm. Because the camera picks up everything and right. has to really internalize everything. When was the first time you were on film? I remember, remember we had Will. College. Yeah, but yeah. I, there was a time where you had did, I think it was, was it a Law and Order thing where you was playing some oh, no, drug dealer? Uh, no, you were a serial rapist. Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> um, like, what is that? It's um, Nash Bridges. Yeah, yeah that's right. That Nash yeah, but you had done something before. I had done that. stuff before then. I'd done a little bit of independent film stuff. Um, the first thing I remember doing was in college, and I think I still have videotape of this. It sucked so bad. <laughs> and we were doing a scene from Being There, if you know yeah. the movie Being There with Peter Sullivan. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You would think that, like that the, is the easiest role in yeah. the world, yeah. and it is not. It's the opposite. Yeah. He has to be he so... Was de- he was developmentally disabled, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he just has to be so, like, empty and present. Yeah. He has to be present, but yeah. he has to, there's so much that he cannot be taking in that's happening around mm, him, which is yeah. what's fascinating to watch. Yeah. You see all this stuff happening around him, and he barely acknowledges sure. or responds to sure. it. That takes more skill than I would have thought. I did this scene, and we shot it, and we shot a few, you know, they mm-hmm. shot a few times. Yeah. And I get, I get, you know, they give you a copy of it so you can see all of it, mm-hmm. and I'm just watching and going, God, it's just bad, and then it's still bad, and mm-hmm. well, that one was worse, and that one was almost wood. That, that, one, that one got so good it was almost wooden. Mm-hmm. It was just bad. Yeah. Hey, you gotta be, before you be good, you gotta be bad. And right? then the first time I did a big role in a film, yeah, the director pulled me aside after the first day and said, you are a stage actor. I can see the whole script going through your head. We need you to stop. Mm, just yeah. focus on what we're shooting right now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the lines, we'll feed you the lines. Mm-hmm. We need you to just be in this moment. And for the rest of the shooting schedule, that's what I did. And I had a fine time. I really enjoyed it. And I noticed that when he finally did the edits, mm-hmm. there were all these shots of me mm-hmm. and not my scene partner. No, oh, there you go. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now, I know that you're having fun doing King of the E's. Um, but what, other than that... What was the most, uh, I guess, enlightening or um, the, I guess, the most fun you've had on stage? A, a role that, you know, you really, really loved. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, like, going through my whole entire resume. Like, what, what did yeah. I do? That was really fun. Yeah, you've done a lot of you. You're young. I don't know how old you are. You don't have to tell me about <laughs> keep, keep my age a secret. Yeah. Uh, so I can audition for certain roles. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, in recent, uh, recently, recently, Playing a ten-year-old Vietnamese girl at Bay Area Children's Center. Yeah, right. yeah oh, that wow. was one of my most fun moments. Uh, she was just a fireball mm-hmm. um, of a little girl, and it was just yeah, it was it was always fun to to, to be on stage, especially with the set of actors that, that I was working with. They're all incredible human beings and mm-hmm. talents, and um, and just. You know, children's theater can be a little hard because children are, like, really huge critics. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, they will let you know how they feel. No filter. So seeing children reacting to to her, to this character that, that I got to play was all such a joy because I, I had to actually look at them because I was a narrator. Mm-hmm. So to, just to see them, like, be with me, I'm like, oh, my God, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then, then, you know, of course, like, 
you know, five kids later, you're like, oh, you're not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. Um, bad boy. Playing Shelly was one of my absolute You actually goals. did play it. Yeah. I did, yeah. I did get, I did get cast in, in yeah. Bad Boy. And, and she was the leading lady, is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have stage managed Bad Boy, and yeah, that, what a fun, what a, it's, it's a great, great uh, musical. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. I, now, see, I know, I mean, I've known you for a while. I did not know that you sang. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, sorry about that. Um, mm. <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I do identify as a singer, and that was my concentration. Mm-hmm. At Sac State was musical theater. But um, a few years ago, I just kind of went through some weird traumatic experience that mm. brought me to this disconnect between me and my voice. Um, I went to a lot of, I went to several ENTs trying to figure out what was Mm. going on. I was having such a difficult, like I was having such a difficult time singing and I didn't know why. I thought, oh my God, did I push too hard? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, my range is soprano, mezzo-soprano and so I thought, oh, maybe I belted wrong. Mm -hmm. And no, they said there was nothing physically wrong with me. Mm -hmm. They could see nothing. They they stuck every So there are no rips about it because I know the vocal was very sensitive. no nodules, no rips, no scars. Yeah. So they, they're like, oh, we don't know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. And so they thought it was maybe a psychological thing. And I mean, I'm, I've been rehabilitating my voice yeah. over the past few years because it's not gone, gone, um, but it's it's very moody for sure. I, I hear you. I would recommend, well, I mean, if you wanted to get back into that, I mean, you know, you, you're doing some fantastic things, but the Musical Cafe has been fantastic, mm-hmm. run by Richard Jennings. Uh, they reached out to you, Norman, yeah. and I have actually sang in Musical Cafe and also produced in Musical Cafe. I wrote Nia. It was funny. I, was, I didn't sing. I just did one December, January, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the composers, they recorded the songs, and when yeah. we get to that point in the script, they would just play it. And I was like, I'm so glad that y'all didn't ask us to take a couple of days and try to learn this music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But if you wanted to jump back into that, it's yeah. a wonderful, relaxing environment, and, uh, you know, they're always there. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, because, like, I mean, at this point, I would not be able to do, like, even a five-show week as in, with mm. musicals. Uh, yeah. that's, that, that's how unpredictable the situation is with my voice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, if, if I had to sing, like, a ditty in a show, it wouldn't be a problem, yeah. sure. I did that with Baggio at Theater First, and um, and I understudied a role last year where I had to sing a song, so that, that worked out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I miss musicals. They, they were they yeah. in my life. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the musical cafe is when they do their showcase, it only lasts for four days, or three mm-hmm. days. Right. So, uh, and it's basically for budding young musical writers to mm-hmm. get their stuff out to see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. They're like many 20-minute musicals. So, all right, well, we're running close to the one-hour mark. <laughs> um, I'm curious. So, um, I'm guessing that the King of, King of Yeast? King of the Yeast? King of the Yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, is, um, so that's Chinese family? Yes. Does anybody ever comment on ethnicity? Your audiences and people come at you and go, hey, are you Chinese? <laughs> no, thankfully, yeah. Um, I think I think people are just happy to see representation on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people aren't as um, picky as they are, I guess, in the film world, where they're like, that person's definitely not Japanese. Why is he playing mm-hmm. Japanese character? It's um, in the film, in, in theater, we're a little, I feel like we're, we, di- we want representation, and of course we want it to be as accurate as possible, 
but in a lot of ways, we just we're just thankful that we're actually telling the stories. Mm-hmm. And you know, I am part Chinese, part Filipino, so I at least can be like, well, <laughs> right. you know, like I relate. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so far, no one's com- made any comments on that. People are just like, they're just moved by everything, or they, you know, they had such a great time in the theater, so. Yeah. We had Michael Dorado on, and he talked about how many times he got to play multiple mm-hmm. characters, multiple diversity. Sure, we did it with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was a Frenchman. Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. And he was fantastic. Shout-outs. Uh, birthdays. Are the birthday kids. The birthday kids. John Ritchie, of course, is one. That's right. Um, where did my list just go? Shoot. Uh-oh. No, I didn't mean to go to John. Oh, crap. I can. Oh, no, this is the list from last week. Yeah, I was about to say, you I didn't him. make a new list. Okay, well, I'll jump Wait in. Wait a minute, I thought I did. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, yesterday, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, please, I don't want to mention, you know, the Patriots again. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Anyway, Bridget Della Portman, and she was on. She's a fantastic playwright, and her birthday was yesterday. Um on uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, a um, Ellen Tonight, who graduated, uh, well, uh, I think a year after me. No, no, my same year. Uh, Nicole Prescott. And she is a actress, dancer, and she's in L.A. She's doing fantastic stuff there. So her birthday is um, Wednesday. On Friday, one of my best friends, Raymond Ray, he is a um, an actor. Oh, he's also a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, we did The Marriage of Bet and Boo. Uh, which is the latest poster that's right behind you. Uh, you probably see it's the red poster there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So in any case, yeah, we did that way back. As a matter of fact, I think I told you the first rehearsal we had was September 11, 2001. Ooh. Wow. And, um, but people really needed to laugh during right. that time. So we had a wonderful time, and we actually did a remounting immediately after that. So in any case, he put that together, and his birthday uh, is on Friday. Yes, on Friday, February the uh, 6th. I'm sorry, February the 8th. Uh, I have a Johan Mendez. I have no idea who he is. It doesn't ring a bell, right? Facebook friends, right? Well, no, Facebook <laughs> friends. Um, Sunday, Helena Alvarez. We know Yay! who she is, and she will be our next guest. Uh, she was our Fatima and Julia Wright. She did a fantastic role, um, character. Um, she, she did a fantastic job for us. Um, a fantastic singer, Christine McComber. Uh, she had the stage with her for Grey Gardens. Fantastic um, elder uh, singer. Mm-hmm. And act, I'm just amazed at what her range is. She can still, she's a soprano. Oh. And she's got to be, uh, I don't want, I don't, I'm not even going to guess what her age right. is, but no, no, she's, she's just it. fantastic. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all that I have. Ah, did you have your uh, list? I, no, I don't. I, okay. I thought I put one together, but I didn't. Yeah, we can do shows. Because switch days. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Go through the cracks. I'll, I'll shows? Do you shows? Uh, and the only show I can talk about right now is, is Everyday Alice. Because yeah, we can pump that. That's, that's driving me crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll be a piano fight, uh, 7 o'clock shows, uh, mostly Friday and Saturday, but we do have a couple of other yeah. days mixed in there. We open the day after Valentine's week. Preview the day after Valentine's Day. All right. We open the following Thursday. Rock on. So the 15th and then the 21st, 20, yeah, 21st. Okay. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. Chris, have you been in piano fight yet? Uh, That seems to be the latest, hottest thing. I haven't done, I haven't performed anything at piano fight, but I've definitely been to shows at piano fight. Okay. Yeah. And um, so the shows that I'm going to pump, as well as, um, 
uh, Kennedy's, of course, uh, Boy Town Hall Theater uh, that opens uh, that opens tonight, and Cynthia Logodzinski is um, directing. That's the reading. That's the reading oh, that the we reading, talked about. Right. Yeah. It's so just Town one Hall night, Theater. Right? Yeah. It's only one night, and I get the sense that they're doing the reading to see what the audience reactions will be. Mm-hmm to produce it later on. And that's a wonderful telling of a, I believe it's a boy who um, had a surgical procedure accidentally done. His his penis was cut off. And so the doctors made the decision of transitioning him into a girl against his will. Mm-hmm. And he made the decision early when he became a teenager to be a boy again, mm-hmm. and it's a real. It's based on a real life story, mm-hmm. and so that is being told. Alan Coyne is in it, mm-hmm. as along with along with Craig Souza and Adrian Dean. Okay, so that's boys, boy. So take a look. You know, of course, you can't see it because um, it's going on now. Right. But I have a feeling it's going to be produced in the future. Mm-hmm. Our Wilderness, the Douglas Morrison Theater, will be doing that opening on February the 14th through March the 3rd. Cynthia Logazinski will be in that show. Uh, Sojourn, the Pear Theater, will be opening March the 15th through April the 7th. Cynthia Logazinski will also be in that. A History of World War II has been extended to March. That's Damn. a one-man show. John Fisher, who runs Theater Rhino, he's doing the one-man show, and I guess they're loving it, so yeah, you know, they're, they're still John. doing it. <laughs> Honky by the Role Players Ensemble Theater. <laughs> is, uh, that's being done. Um, a good friend of mine, Kari Moyalars, is doing that, as well as another good friend of mine. Um, oh, shoot. I was say he's a good friend. I forget his name. Um, Oh, shoot. I, I, it'll come to me again. Um, it'll come to me. Yeah. That's open, that opened January the 31st. It closes February the 10th. Um, oh, so this weekend? Uh, yeah. February the 10th, yeah. Damn. So it's, it's, it's quick. February is always a short month. Yeah. Galatea, I've been pushing that. It's a new rock musical um, by Count Counterpulse, uh, Elizabeth Bovin, and... Allison, Sasha, Ross. Oh, Eliza. Eliza, yes. Yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, <laughs> no, she's fantastic, yeah. and we were uh, we did musical theater together. Uh, so uh, she's doing fantastic things, and I've been trying to get her. She's another busy, mm-hmm. busy lady. Yes, she is. So uh, that'll be uh, it's very quick. Uh, February the twenty first through the twenty fourth. Terrence, Terrence Smith. That was the actor that, oh, that I was okay. talking about. <laughs> yeah. So Terrence somebody Smith, asked me if I knew him. But I yeah. Yeah, Terrence Smith, he, he's another young black actor who's been doing fantastic work. His birthday we just um, pumped last week. He and Kari are in Honky. And last but certainly not least, King of the Yee, San Francisco Playhouse uh, by Laura Yee, directed by Joshua Brody. Uh, it opened January the 22nd, and it'll end March the 2nd. Yes. Starring... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, just an added note. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we actually added a weekday matinee. So Yay, that's awesome. how, yeah, that's how popular I guess we are. So, yeah, come through. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I got some birthdays. Cool. Uh, Stephanie Taylor is an actress that I did when I was doing school tour stuff. Uh, Tessa Koenig Martinez, um, wonderful Bay Area actress. Uh, we also do a lot of each one, reach one. In fact, mm-hmm. Tonight, I think, is the first uh, night of a new session that they're doing. Cool. Uh, Brian Quackenbush was a part of a, a theater company here called Round Belly. Um, they were a lot of fun, and now he's in Canada, I think. Hmm. 
Um, and then uh, the woman who played my Ophelia when I played late, uh, when I played uh, Polonius mm-hmm. in Hamlet. Uh, oh, she was fantastic. Yeah. And and then Sean O'Neill. Sean O'Neill was a white guy who came out for the African American Shakespeare Company when we were just casting our first show, mm-hmm. and I love him so much for that. And now he's like the principal of some high school in Sacramento. Oh. And Jessica Powell, who is a Bay Area. She's been doing all kinds of amazing stuff, and we just did Stage Bridge together. And mm-hmm. I think it's the first time she and I have actually worked together, and that was kind of, and she played my wife. So I was like, well, okay, that was quick. We're, we're together. <laughs> okay. And that's it? That's it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Crystal, did you have the time? I did, yeah. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, thank, thank you for coming, like I said, in this rain. <laughs> all righty. So... You can find the on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads and whatever um, podcasting app that you use. If you just search for the A, you'll find us. You can also find the A on the iTunes if you use a laptop or a desktop. Just click on iTunes, click on Store. Use the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and you can search for the A, and you'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the A. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. I'm at uh, Hoosier Hoosier. And you can find Crystal Piamonte. She has a personal website, Crystal Piamonte, K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. That's right. Piamonte. We'll have a link. You can just click on it. Now, do you have a, um, a Twitter, Snapchat that sort of stuff? Uh, I'm definitely more active on Instagram, okay. um, and it's three simple letters, X-L-E. X-L-E. We'll have a, we'll, I'll type that in. So go ahead and search for 